0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast brought to you by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and Chuck Hood from Hood Hargett Insurance and Hood Hargett Breakfast Club. Now, whether it's Egg Benedict, Bananas Foster, and Arnold Palmer, or Fettuccine Alfredo, you got to be pretty special to have a food or a drink named after you. Well, our next guest on the Brand Builders Podcast has an entire breakfast that bears his name. Welcome, Chuck Hood, the Hood. Of the Hood Hargit Breakfast Club.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate you having me.
0: Thank thank you for the introduction, Brian. (laughs) And Chuck, again, thank you for being here today. We're we're honored to have you as a guest. And uh, just curious, man, what's what's one got to do to get get their name on a breakfast club?
2: Well, I think you probably have to go into a lot of debt right from the get-go and pay a lot of speakers without having members. And then finally, they just name it for you. That's (laughs) what happens. We actually started out, I'll tell you that real quickly, All of this started in 1995 in conjunction with the Carolina Panthers radio network. They developed a program where they had a student athlete of the week, and it ran during the football season. And they were going to have a breakfast on the week of the the home games. And they asked Hood Hargit to be a sponsor of that breakfast, so that's where it started. That ran for five years, and then the the Panthers took their – network in-house and they fired the people that were running it and they did away with what we were doing and the fellow that had been working for the panthers decided to continue the breakfast and he changed it to the more like the current format um and that ran for a couple years and we were the title sponsor Uh, we did not own it and then one thing led to another and that sort of blew up and and then jen came jen snyder who was working for that group at the time said why don't you do it and we started and that's how we started and I, I was making light of the fact that starting out at debt but we we really decided to change the format and to hire some really special speakers and to and as a result we went into we had to prepay the speakers because we had no credibility so we had to prepay the speakers and we didn't have any membership dues so we for the first couple of years it was uh
0: touch and go. <laughs> yeah, it was uh,
2: well it was just making the investment.
1: So yeah, uh, we we had Mick Mixon on here who is a great uh, MC for all the the uh, Hood Hargit Breakfast Clubs over at Carmel and he always introduces it as the Jen Snyder Breakfast Club. Yeah. So tell me, you know, with Jen being in that other organization, tell me a little bit about Jen's involvement and and really how the Hood Hargit Breakfast Club has grown.
2: Well, Jen was as I said, she was in a sales position with the group that was running this breakfast club, I think, well, Jen's background was in radio sales. And she knew the guy who was running this Panther Network and then who ended up running the breakfast club. And uh, so she was working for them, and I got to know her during that. And then when that blew up, she was looking for something to do, and she came to me with the concept. And so since that time, she's basically run it. And Jen really does. People ask me, Chuck, how do you pick your speakers?" I don't I really don't. Uh, Jen tells me who's going to be the speaker. I've really delegated a hundred percent to her on that, and um, so she really is a special person in terms of her energy and her passion and her emotion. She'll cry if you tell her that that's a pretty bluebird over there. she'll start crying. I mean, she's just really sweet person, and but she's super driven and she's really passionate about the breakfast club uh she's really really concerned about our members and she wants to make sure that the members are getting value from it and uh, so i give her a lot of credit she's really done it
0: we can speak on that uh, firsthand because jen literally and she'll tell you the story and i think when she was on the podcast she did tell the story Uh, but she worked on me and, and Dunstan group for about three years. (laughs) She was like, I know it'll be great for your business. We need, we need the best promotional merchandise vendor in town, whatever we need you. And I was flattered that she actually said we were the best, but Hey, we like to think that. And, and she, uh, you know, we just weren't ready. Our, our business was smaller. We didn't have the right team in place. We knew this was the premier networking group. We didn't want to go in there without the proper resources internally to do a great job for all the members. Because, let's face it, bad words travel a lot faster than the good words. Hmm. Uh, so I can say firsthand, we've really enjoyed it. It's helped our business grow. We've developed some phenomenal relationships, one of, uh, one of which is our relationship, and uh so you know i didn't really understand the full background so i appreciate you sharing that with us um and you mentioned hood hargett which is your insurance firm right um can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in that world and and you know you weren't just an an agent or an insurance salesman you've built a firm that where there's lots of employees and lots of teammates, and so I'm, I'm curious as to how you did that and how you've kept that brand consistent over years. Well
2: I, well, I will start out by saying that I am an agent, and I do sell insurance. That's what I do. <laughs> I'm first and foremost a salesperson. That's just what I do. I've never been a good manager. What's the success that we've had is by having great salespeople and great support people, uh, and I am this the opposite of micromanaging. And, and that, so, But I grew up in Charlotte. I grew up uh, in the Chantilly area. I used to walk over to Independence Arena, the old Independence Arena and ice skate. Uh, then I moved to Cotswold. And when I moved to Cotswold in 1958, we were in the country, literally in the county. We were not in the city limits. There was no Cotswold Mall. There was a Harris, Harris Supermarket, not a Harris Teeter, Harris Supermarket. And I went to East Mecklenburg High School and went to Chapel Hill and came back. And I graduated in August of 1971. I missed the first semester of my senior year doing active duty in the Army Reserve.
0: Thank you for your service. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, I have to admit, uh, there was a lot going on in Vietnam. And wasn't sure I wanted to be a part of that, so I joined the Army Reserve. But uh, I did that for six years, but that was a weekend thing. But when I got out of school in August, I didn't know any different than just to go downtown Charlotte, and I went to personnel departments at First Union Bank and the personnel department at Duke Power and asked for applications, filled them out, and, and sent them back in and got a call from First Union. Uh, pretty shortly, and went back in, and they ended up hiring me to sell trust services. So my job was to call on bank customers and convince them to name First Union as their executor and their trustee. So I was pretty much on top of the world because I was making $9,500, $8,500. And he raised me to 9000 to 9, because I answered him so quickly and said yes. So fast forward about two years, and I was calling on an insurance agency owner about this trust services, and he offered me $12,000. So that was actually 13 months later. So I was making 9500 He offered me 12 That was a hell of an increase. So I and took his annual pay. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. so he gave me $12,000 a month. I jumped on it. I just got married. So I did that. Needed it. <laughs> yeah. So then, then, then fast forward about two and a half years. And there was a, I was with an agency, and there's a little turmoil that went on in that agency. And, and um, as a result, the person to whom I was the closest uh, left and i was 26 and called him and said why don't we go in business and i'll leave too and then i left the next day and that's this fellow's name was danny hargett so we started and uh in hindsight you know times were different but in hindsight it was a real silly move Uh, my first son was on the way my wife was not former wife was not going to be able to teach school any longer so that twelve thousand was gonna have to do it and um, and you know, I'd probably make a little bit more by the time we left, but it was a sound in hindsight, it worked out. So we we got together. He was fourteen years older than I, so I was twenty-six, he was forty. And then you fast forward to nineteen eighty-eight and his nineteen year old son was involved in a tragic automobile accident in which he was paralyzed. Hmm. Not my partner, but his son, and he spent a year with his son in various stages of rehab and he just just kind of burned out it just that was the most important thing and so he really didn't want to work full-time so we worked out a deal and uh, and I bought his interest and it's one of the funny anecdotes is that just at his request we stretched it out over a 20-year payout so he he didn't want to spend everything it wasn't that much money uh, in <laughs> hindsight, but it was funny because my bookkeeper paid him for 22 years. And we, we, <laughs> and we, we,
1: we, we just don't on know me. One time. I said, Wait a minute. the uh, bookkeeper oh, still around.
2: Two years ago. <laughs> yeah, but, So, uh, I've actually had him to a breakfast club or two. I don't know if you've been there, but he's, uh, he's, uh, 83 now. So, uh-huh. uh, but Danny Hargit. So there is a Hargit. So that's I'll how it darned. happened. Wow. So 1988, uh, I bought him out, and this is where we are
0: now. I'll be darned. How many folks do you have with your team now? Ask now? me how many people work for me. How many people work for you? About half of them.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, everybody that's working for Chuck Good? Half of you are not doing it. <laughs> in the uh, insurance world, like everything's changed recently. And um, tell us, kind of, from your perspective, you've seen it. From the, from the ground to now, where are we from an insurance standpoint? What's the future going to look like? And what can be your advice to, to really anyone? Yeah,
2: that's an interesting question. Uh, by the way, we have about 27 people. Okay. Got it. Um, obviously, it's hugely different than when I started in 1973. There were lots and lots of agencies that were just like we were. Ten or seven or eight people, ten people. Uh, everything was done manually. Every invoice was done on a typewriter. We really made a big step when you got an IBM Selectric typewriter. I mean, that was a big step and a big investment. And then we had a, got a word processor. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and <then laughs> we, and then Floppy we, disk. <laughs> then we got an Apple II computer where we could actually compare rates. But, don't, but anyway, it's come a long way. But the problem is single most thing that's different is that With the exception of of Hood Hargan and a couple of others, there aren't really any like us anymore that have some girth but are still local. Um, I could have sold my business many times to um, national brokers or what's happening now is there's a lot of private equity money that is put together to do roll-ups. So, I mean, there's plenty of our, our friends and over the years who have sold their businesses. So we like to say that we're still um, locally owned and operated. Our world headquarters is at 132 North McDowell Street. Um, And so we hope that there's still people that want to deal with someone local. They don't want to call an 800 number. And a lot of those national brokers and the bigger firms they really want to focus their efforts on really large accounts. And there's plenty of small to medium-sized businesses in this town that still want to be treated well and, 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 and have a relationship. Something. Yeah, right? and to have a relationship. It's, uh, uh, we can't get you a credit card. We cannot make you a loan or mortgage, but we can give you excellent advice and help you buy. We, we I think when you sell insurance or you sell a product, then maybe you have to um, convince somebody of the need for their product. And that's the first thing you have to do in our business. We don't have to convince people have of it. the need for our product. They have to have our product in some fashion. So we say our job is to help you buy it the best, help you buy it the best way to make sure that, if you have some financial calamity, that you're going to have protection. And if you don't have protection, then, then you know you don't. Our, we have failed if something really significant happens and you suffer a loss and we didn't tell you that that was a possibility. So, you know, well, you can make the decision. You guys can make the decision whether you want to insure X, Y, or Z. My job is to make sure our job is to make sure that you know what your risks are. You choose whether what to do with them. But so that's the kind of counsel that we still strive sure. to 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 give. And you know, we can't we we fail. We don't do it every time,
0: but we sure try to. We all do. And and I'm just curious, like what if if you don't mind me asking, what what prevents you from selling? Are you is there a second generation on the way? Is it are you holding on for the team that's helped you get to this yeah, level? I think, I think it's a combination.
2: Uh, I think it's primarily that I've got I'm sixty nine, and and then the next person uh, of of a principal type person is forty five or so. Mm-hmm. So it's several people in that younger younger age group and and they've been very, very loyal and done a lot of work for us. And I just felt like, um but I could have probably still sold and still taken care of them. Sure. But it just would be different. And so and then I had one son, then another son come into the business. So shoot.
0: Take it you to know, the next.
2: I've given up my opportunity to cash out, so I'm I'm in now. So I, <laughs> <laughs> you're all in.
1: <laughs> that, that
0: ship has sailed. Well, maybe they'll keep you on the payroll over there. Huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: And when you and going back to the Breakfast Club quickly, because I, I really want to want to ask you this question. You guys have had a great reputation. You have a great reputation of getting some awesome guests. What are some guests that have really wowed you, or what are some of your favorite that you've gotten to listen to that you've brought to the uh, the Hood at Breakfast Club? Well, I think. What speaker
2: anybody likes, has a lot to do with your own personal preferences. But one of the speakers that I thought was the most impressive was one of the very first that we had when we started. The guy's name was Hans Schultze, and he was the uh, co-founder of the Four Seasons talking about customer service and talking about the fact that any employee in the hotel had up to $2,000 to spend to satisfy a customer's need something went wrong and talked about the fact that they had this system when the guest arrived the 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 doorman introduced himself and tried to get the name and then conveyed it to the front desk so that they would welcome mr. Dunstan I mean it's just he just did a really really good job Um, I think James Carville was a very very interesting speaker the guy that was involved in Bill Clinton's 92 campaign the bald-headed raging Cajun (laughs) to me he was very very well informed There's a fellow named John Negroponte. That's not a household name, but he served in the State Department for five presidents and just had a really, really good knowledge. And then, of course, uh, everybody loved Jim Nance. Mm -hmm. And we had Jim Nance. He has a Charlotte connection, as you know. And we had him a couple of times. And then we switched it up and had Faldo and we had Faraday.
1: And so, yeah, those are the ones. Excellent. And tell us, so if if somebody's interested in joining the Hood Hargit Breakfast Club or interested in getting, you know, insurance through Hood Hargit Insurance, how do do they get in touch with you? Well, the Breakfast Club, we both have just basic
2: websites, hoodhargitbreakfastclub.com and hoodhargit.com. You can reach us that way. As far as membership in the Breakfast Breakfast Club, any inquiries go to Jen Snyder. Uh, We are category exclusive, so For example, we only have one of you. Mm -hmm. We're not going to entertain memberships from another company in the same space. So that's pretty standard. And uh, I will say in the last couple of years, we have sort of, I don't know why, but we've sort of even gotten more traction and we are getting more inquiries and having to tell people that we're very flattered, but that right now we can't, we can't handle that because that category is full, but we do have some uh, people that uh, some types of businesses that we would love to have and, uh, and would welcome inquiries.
1: Excellent. And if you're interested, you know, give me or Scott a call as well. We'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, We'd love to bring you to one of the, uh, the breakfast clubs that's, uh, that's hosted at Carmel country club. There are a couple of industries. I know right now that Jen's looking for it. So if you're out there, give us a call. We'll let you know if it's open and if it's in, you better jump on it.
0: Absolutely. Well, Chuck, man, thank you very much for your time. We, We enjoyed having you on today. And, your story's great and inspiring, and and I, I do have one other question though. Sure. Uh, what do you forecast for Charlotte? How do you feel about our economy and and where we're going?
2: Wow. Well, I've been here since nineteen forty eight, so I've obviously seen a lot. Um, what is happening even today just blows my mind. I mean, I think I read there's forty four people a day sh- coming to Charlotte, and there's twenty five thousand apartment units. All of our builder customers, we have a whole lot of residential contractors. They're all busy. Can't It's unbelievable. Now, I'm just old enough and seen enough that I think, good gosh, where is this going to end? When is this bubble? It's got to slow down at some point. And, sure. um, and I just hope it's a soft slowdown. But just today, the jobs report. 220,000 new jobs. Unemployment is a new low. Wages are growing. That's nationally. So how do you argue? But this is a long-running eight, nine years. Something's got to slow down. Sure. So my word
0: to the wise is enjoy it, but be cautious. Save. Save, 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 (laughs) right? Well, that's great advice. Thank you, sir. And uh, we hope you have a great holiday and uh, looking forward to the next Hood Hargett event. (laughs)